0: Hey, this is Sam, and you're listening to the Kids' Corner on Family Life. Today, Mr. Jacobs is thinking about the last year and all the fun dramas he and the kids have done together. Let's listen in.
1: And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the fascinating drama, The Silly Signs, an adapted biblical teaching about authority. Once upon a time, in the small town of Tinkerton, a town hall meeting was in order.
2: Alright now, next on our agenda, we have Mr. Dinkeldorf.
3: Yes, thank you, town supervisor. I would like to bring up all of the signs we have around town. Signs? Yes, you know, the do not enter signs, the one way signs, and my least favorite, the ever unpopular stop signs. Okay, what's your point? I say these signs are an affront to our personal liberties and freedoms. I say if I want to enter, I should be allowed to. If I want to trespass, I should be free to do so. If I want to park at any time to the corner, I am well within my rights to do it.
2: Interesting. What's your opinion, Chief Officer? I think the signs make sense and make it easier for our society to function.
3: Ah, but she has no proof.
2: Please, we will have order at this council.
3: Sorry, Madam Town Supervisor.
2: I suggest we give it a try. Let's take down all the signs in our town for a month. If things get better, maybe we'll consider keeping things this way. I have a bad feeling about this.
1: And so the town took down all of the traffic signs and left them down for a month. After the month was up, the council reconvened and they discussed the situation.
2: Alright, next on our agenda, oh yes, the genius who started this mess, Mr. Dinkledore.
3: I think I'm detecting some sarcasm.
2: I'm sure you are mistaken. Let's look at the safety reports here. Chief Officer, thank you. This is a chart showing the amount of traffic accidents in our fair city. As you can see, we have had pretty safe streets for years. Until last month.
3: What's your point?
2: My point, Mr. Dingledorf, is that your proposal has turned our streets into a war zone. No one knows the speed limit. No one knows where to stop and where to yield. Cars are parking wherever they choose, to the point where, when ambulances and fire trucks are trying to get to the scenes of disasters, they can't because their roads are blocked completely.
3: But at the same time, we are more free than we have ever been.
2: I've heard enough. How soon can we get those traffic signs up? I've already got my men on it now. Glad to hear it.
1: The moral is that God has put people in charge of us not to take away our freedom or make our lives miserable, but to keep us safe and help us when we need help. He tells us to obey our parents, our pastors, and our leaders because it's their job to keep us safe. And when we don't, we aren't just doing the wrong thing. We could be making it easier for others and ourselves to get hurt. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the wonderful drama, The Fearsome Rancher, an adapted biblical teaching about anger. Way out in the Badlands, just off the Oregon Trail, and by a little spring, there was a little town called Tranquility.
2: Ironic name, all things considered. You got that right, Sheriff.
1: You see, just outside Tranquility, there lived a rancher named Gus. He was big, burly, and wild. I was wild. Not anymore. Oh, uh, right. Do you mind if I tell them about the old days? (sighs) All right. Just as long as they know I'm a better man now. You see, a while back, Gus was working on his ranch when he saw a prairie dog ripping up all of the spinach plants in his garden. By you little. He went on a rampage out to destroy all prairie dogs everywhere which eventually landed him in the jailhouse.
2: I don't know what got into you, Gus, but blowing up half the town is completely unacceptable. They were digging up my spinach! And how is putting dynamite in my flower bed any better? You just sit there and think about what you've done.
1: And so, Gus served his time and went back to his ranch. A little bit wiser, but later that week, he was building a fence when the train chuffed by. Its whistle may have been friendly, but it spooked Gus's cattle and they all scattered.
2: No! Come back! Ah!
1: And with that, Gus stormed off to the train station to give the engineer a bit of his mind, which landed him back in jail.
2: Really, Gus? Assaulting a train engineer? Because of you, my train was late and I couldn't go to the garden store to buy new flowers.
1: And so, Gus served his time and went back to his ranch, a little bit wiser. Can we skip to today? There are a lot of stories and they all end pretty much the same way.
2: That's true. There's the Mineshaft story. No! The Stagecoach story. Stop it! The Snake Oil Salesman story.
1: That one was fair. Alright, yes. Many times over the years, Gus was quick to get angry over something that bothered him. He overreacted and did something rash, which landed him in jail. But I learned, and I won't get angry again. But on the day of our story, a bunch of outlaws rode into town and started hurting the townsfolk. The sheriff did her best to stop them, but there were too many.
2: We couldn't afford a deputy, on account of having to pay to rebuild the town over and over.
1: Gus watched in horror, as the bandits did all kinds of terrible things. He felt a familiar feeling well up inside of him.
4: Hey. Hey! Stop! Stop!
1: What happened next was an action sequence so epic that it makes our financial office glad this is a radio show. Special effects are expensive. Ooh! Ah! Suffice it to say, Gus single-handedly stopped the outlaws and they all landed in jail.
3: Okay, Sheriff. I know I got angry back there. I'm ready. Lock me up.
2: Lock you up! You saved the town! Let's throw a party to the Champion of Tranquility!
1: And so, Gus went back to his ranch, a little bit wiser, and he lived the rest of his days in peace. But if trouble ever comes to Tranquility, the townsfolk know who they can count on. Ah boy! The moral is that though anger can make it easy to do what is wrong, there are times when it can help us do what is right. Just like everything else God gives us, we need to use it wisely to help others who are in trouble, not to help us get our own way.
0: Welcome back to the Kids' Corner Drama Special on Family Life.
1: From the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the wonderful drama, The Tinkerton Election, an adapted biblical proverb about integrity. It was an exciting time in the little town of Tinkerton. The streets were abuzz with people chattering about
4: the upcoming event. Ever since the mayor was ousted for spending the entire budget on the Tinkerton water tower fiasco, we've been without leadership. It's time for a change. It's time for a new
1: mayor.
0: It's time for Vivian Cress, the next mayor of Tinkerton.
1: Miss Cress was well known in Tinkerton.
4: Yeah, known for charging triple rent for her broken down, out-of-date apartments.
0: I prefer to call them historic.
4: And she doesn't pay the people in her factory half as much as they deserve.
0: How else am I going to keep my products affordable?
4: And I heard she tore down a hospital so she could have room to build her summer house on the lakefront. Lies and vicious rumors. It was two hospitals.
1: To say that Miss Cress was unpopular would be accurate, but she was also very rich.
0: I've more money than half the country. If I want something, I buy it, and I want to be mayor.
1: Meanwhile, in a small house on Elm Street, there lived another person with political aspirations.
2: Hello, I'm Betsy Drew, and I'm running for mayor. I'm not very famous, but maybe you've heard of my grandmother, Nancy. She was a really smart person.
1: Betsy was not rich by any means. She didn't even own a car.
2: I've got a bike that's much healthier. And besides, it has this really friendly bell.
1: That is friendly. But besides having a friendly sounding bike, Betsy also had a friendly personality.
4: You can say that again. She watched my cat for me when I was out of town. And when the Morrisons' house burned down, she made sure they had a place to stay.
2: It's what anyone would do.
1: Not everyone. As the election drew near, the two candidates made speeches.
2: It's important that we all work together to make our town a good place to live. I can't do this on my own. It's up to all of us.
4: You mean, I have to work to make the community a better place? I need to go home and think about this. Hung up
1: posters.
0: Vivian Cress is really the best. Huh,
1: catchy. And had mature interactions during debates.
2: So, I think if we took care of the roads, it would be easier for people to get to work. Blah, blah, blah,
0: none of that matters because I'm rich and you're not. Na, 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 boo, boo.
1: It wasn't long before the big day arrived. All of the townsfolk made their way to the town hall to cast their vote for who they wanted to be the new mayor. The next day, the votes were counted. And the results are in! Looks like our new
4: mayor will be... Miss Betsy Drew! What? But... I'm rich! How did I not win? Money is all that matters, right?
0: Right?
1: The moral is being trustworthy and kind is more important than wearing nice clothes or living in a fancy house or even having lots of money. All of those things are nice, but living with integrity has rewards that last forever. And now. From the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the poetic drama, The Innkeeper, an adapted collection of biblical teachings about God's love. In a town far away, long ago in ancient times, along the road to elsewhere and overgrown with vines, there sat a tiny inn with a keeper kind and wise.
0: Welcome to my home, have some lentils topped with rice.
1: The keeper welcomed everyone who entered through her door be they mighty, weak or homely, fancy, rich or poor, and over the front desk hung an open sign. My shelter belongs to you, your worries are now mine. One day there was a knocking, through the threshold strode, a soldier bleeding badly, hunched beneath his load.
0: Mercy pray, dear keeper, I am in need of aid. I am injured and am hungry, trust you will be paid. Do not think of payment, come rest your weary head.
1: With that she tended to his wounds and made sure he was fed.
0: Dear lady, I must make known to you, and please take no alarm, but I am your land's enemy and I mean your nation harm. Yes, I know,
1: she calmly said,
0: but you also need my care. Now stop your chat and eat your meal. But this just isn't fair. How can you treat me with such love, whilst I have caused such hurt? Your charity brings me to shame and makes me feel like dirt. You come to my lands to fight us, but if this war will end, then one must stop the hatred and treat a foe as friend.
1: And so after he had rested, he left with much in mind. How could he make war against a place whose people were so kind? The next night, another knock came to the inn's front door, and when it was then opened, a girl fell upon the floor.
0: Oh dear! You're sick and chilled and your pulse is fading fast.
1: She pulled the girl close to the fire in which several logs were cast.
0: You are not from here, are you? No, never mind, don't speak. How rude of me to question you when you're so feverish and weak.
1: And so she sat there through the night, tending to the stranger's ills. She called a doctor who came at once and gave the patient pills.
2: It's a good thing you called me, though I'm not sure exactly how. If this story takes place in ancient times, we don't have phones right now.
1: What the doctor didn't realize is this is a made-up story, where historical accuracy is not quite mandatory.
2: Whatever you say, poet man, as long as I get my fee. Whatever this poor girl needs, just send the bill to me.
1: And so our hero nursed the girl slowly back to health. But despite her debt, the guest had not words to express herself.
0: It's all right. I know you're far from the place you call your home. I can't imagine how hard it must be to get stuck here all alone.
1: There are many other stories about how God's love was shared. For whatever need that might come up, the innkeeper prepared. And so, my faithful listener, here's the moral to take in. If we lack love and kindness, our God calls this a sin. If there are weak among us, or foreigners or poor, Or maybe there's an enemy that enters through our door. Whoever God sends our way of one race or another, we need to treat them as he says, as sisters and our brothers. For there's not a single person that God's love can do without. So share it with them freely, because that's what life's about.